Welcome to the We Are Calvary podcast, where our mission is to share Jesus and help people experience life change. Thank you so much for listening. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Thank you for being with us. My name is Pastor A, one of the pastors here at Calvary, and we are so glad that you're with us today. For those who are watching online, thank you for being with us as well. Uh, I was blessed by worship today, weren't you? I mean, oh my goodness, wow, and thank you for that. Uh, I know you've just sat down and you're comfortable, but we have this thing called respect the word, and so I'm going to ask you to stand with me one more time. We're going to read out of the Gospel of Matthew, and it's all about Jesus doing the miraculous, and then helping that guy named Peter. So... Immediately, verse 22 of John 14, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, Matthew 14, 23, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind... He was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Father, take your word today and let it go deep within our souls. Let the the meanings and the messages out of your word impact us in such a way that we live differently. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. In the event I forget later, Mary and I pray you have a very merry Thanksgiving. I almost said Christmas. That's how <laughs> end of the year is affecting me. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we're, we're concluding a series, the life we're looking for. We're concluding it today. We're wrapping it up. We're, we're finishing it this morning. And uh, Pastor Taylor, Pastor Daniel, I, and Pastor... Joel, who spoke, and others, uh, we would appreciate it if you would remember everything we said. (laughs) If you just kind of file it away and everything, absolutely everything, you'd remember it. In the event you're not able to, in the event life gets busy and you forget one or two things we might have said, I'd like to give you a a place to to hang it all. Uh, A phrase that may sound simple, and to be honest, the enemy came against me and said, Ray, that's too simple a thought. But I'm going to push back against that today and just give you something that I pray every time you think about it, you think about these messages about how to lift Jesus higher. And uh, this last Tuesday, Mary and I went to dinner with a a couple we hadn't seen in, I don't know, 10, 12 years or longer. And uh, they had been on staff here and uh, they had left and uh, hadn't seen them, really even talked to them in all that time. And so we went to dinner and uh, it was a great time. It was just a, a beautiful time with them. This, this I, I would say, young couple. They're older, we're older. It's not, we're all not so young anymore. 
but that's another message. So uh, we sat with them, and uh, the, young, uh, the young man, there I go again, he, he said to me, he, he reminded me, he said, Pastor, I don't know if you remember, but you always said this one thing over and over and over whenever we were in staff, whenever we were together. Uh, you had this phrase that you, you kept saying, and uh, the minute he said it, I remembered how often I used to say it. And to be honest, it's not original with me. It may have been John Maxwell. It may have been Stephen Covey. I don't know where I got it. But it was the thought of keep the main thing, the main thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. And so as we conclude this series in the life we're looking for, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Right? In this life we're looking for, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Now, depending on what you do in life, depending on who you are, there's a lot of main things. Let's just be honest about it. If you're in sports, the main thing is winning. If you're in, in the financial markets, it's, it's, uh, it's winning at, at, at dollars. Uh, depending on your vocation, you, a win may be to make sure you deliver the mail. It may be to catch the bad guys, to put out the fire, to teach children, and all the other things. But I'm going to suggest to you today that there are, there are main things, and then there is the main thing. And there's a difference today. There are many main things in our lives that, that, that get priority, but I'm gonna suggest to you and to me that there is the main thing, and, and y'all know where I'm going with this, right? The main thing is Jesus. It's following Jesus. It's, it's discipled by Jesus. It's following Jesus Christ. That is the main thing, and, and there's no surprise there. Now, the Bible doesn't explicitly use those modern-day words, Jesus is the main thing, but let's be clear. Jesus make, or the Bible makes it clear over and over that Jesus is indeed the main thing. I mean, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy, right? Jesus is the main thing. Philippians chapter three, the writer said these things. What is more, I consider everything a loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider everything else garbage that I may gain Christ. Why? Because he's the main thing. Hebrews chapter 12 and two would say this to us this morning. We're to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Anybody that dies for me ought to be the main thing. How about you? He is the main thing today. The life, the teachings, the resurrection, ascension, the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, reinforces the fact that Jesus is the main thing. He who walked on water, he who calms storms, he who reaches down and picks Peter and me up out of the storm, deserves to be the main thing in our lives today. Only Jesus is worthy of that designation, in my opinion, this morning. Now, you may not think the main thing, to keep the main thing is the main thing, is a big deal until you realize how easy it is for him to stop being the main thing. Hello? You still with me? Stay awake. How easy it is for Jesus to stop being the main thing. Often, I don't want to say often, but there have been times in my life, and I'm sure in yours, where life gets busy, life gets overwhelming, the storms rise, the winds begin to buffet us, and if we're not careful, we begin to slip into the ocean of, of stuff as well. It's easy. I, I told the, at all staff, we have all the staff come together every week, and I, I shared with them my heart. 
that I felt 2024 was probably going to be a real difficult year. I, based on the rhetoric uh, on social media already heating up, the battle lines being drawn, the simple slogans and ideas that are floating out there that sound good but don't honestly require much thought or nuance, they're being written or reposted. We know that the economy is a little bit rocky. I went to taco time for me and Mary last night. And I know you think we ate a lot, but $29? I mean, come on. But that's a whole other irritation. We know uh, interest rates are high. And I'm talking sky high. Things cost more. Mary went to get some stuff for Thanksgiving. Considered going to their loan department. I mean, wow. I mean, it's just amazing out there. And so when I, when I look with the physical eye, it looks like things are, it's going to be a rough year, a rough election, all, the, all that stuff. But to be honest with you, I can make assumptions, but I don't know. I don't know what the year holds. I don't know what it's going, going to, to look like. I can guess, I can make assumptions, but I don't know. And neither do I have much control over interest rates or, or financial markets or, or inflation or, or the, the, the things that go on in Washington, D.C., But here's what I can choose. Here's what I do have control over. I can choose to keep the main thing the main thing. I can choose today to follow Jesus Christ. I can prepare myself to become the kind of person that Jesus wants me to be. There may be a lot of things out of my control, but within my context, within my control, I can choose to follow Jesus. I can choose to keep the main thing the main thing. I can prepare myself to, to be the kind of person that weathers the storms. I can prepare my heart for those rough Thanksgiving dinners. I can prepare my heart for what comes on social media. I can prepare my soul for the craziness that takes place in culture and sometimes in the body of Christ. I may not be able to control that, but I can control by the power of the Holy Spirit with Jesus Christ being the main thing. I can look inside of me and I can become someone who yearns to be in the presence of Jesus. Why? Because he's the main thing. And what what did I just say? We're called to keep the main thing. What? The main thing. I can prepare myself to occasionally in my life walk on water, but more often than not fall. And know that Jesus is right there by his grace to pick me up again. I can become a person that no matter what the circumstances are, by faith in the main thing, by faith in Jesus, being filled with his spirit, I can weather the storms. I can prepare my heart to keep the main thing the main thing that will help me weather anything that comes our way. You know, honestly, Jesus wasn't thrown by storms. He wasn't thrown by high winds. He wasn't thrown by boats that were rocking. Because Jesus is who Jesus is. He calms the storms. Jesus, just so we're clear, did warn us that things weren't going to be easy. Right? Time and again, Jesus made it clear in John chapter 16, verse 4. He said, I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. He's letting us know that there are going to be people and things that come our way that are going to almost, if we're not careful, overwhelm. Jesus said in Mark chapter 13 in 22, he warned us about false messiahs. He warned us about false prophets who will appear and perform signs and wonders to deceive. Now catch this, if possible, even the elect. Is it possible for the elect to be deceived? Well, I'm gonna say it's, uh, I may always be the elect, but yeah, there's deception out there. So be on your guard, he said. 
Be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. Jesus wasn't upset by rough weather and he doesn't want us to be either. So how do we live? Here's the question. How do we live in what possibly might be the chaos of the next year? How do we live in this life we're looking for? How do we keep the main thing the main thing? Well, it's what we've talked about for the last 10, 12 weeks. It's what we have said over and over in this life we're looking for. For instance, in this life I'm looking for, my worship of God must be stronger than my worship of self. Because it's easy to get that confused, isn't it? We can put ourselves and others in that place of idol, and whenever you build an idol to something, it becomes idolatry. My worship of God must be stronger than my worship of self. Pastor Taylor talked about our desire to follow Jesus must be stronger than our desire for comfort. My desire to keep the main thing must be stronger than my desire for the comforts of this world. In this time when we're so struggling with honoring one another, if in the life we're looking for, my honor of others must be stronger than my contempt for them. Friends, I don't know how to say this. I don't want to camp on this, but we, it, it, contempt is far more easier. It's easier than honoring people. We lend ourselves to con, being contemptuous of each other. In the life we're looking for and keeping the main thing, the main thing, we have to honor each other. The Bible calls for us to do that. Celebration of what God is doing must be stronger than my need. I can't believe how I... Celebration of what God is doing must be stronger than my cynicism of the world around me. This is a hard one for me. I am by nature a cynical person. I am by nature someone who says, did he really say that? Did he really do that? I can't believe it. Somebody tell me he didn't do that. That's harder for me than celebration. I'm terrible at celebrations. But by the strength of the main thing, I'm going to do better. I'm going to celebrate more and cynic less. Our desire for the pace of life that Jesus modeled, that three mile an hour that Joel talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, must be stronger than my need for speed. My hunger to just sit in the presence of Jesus must be stronger than my need to rush through life. When I was younger, rushing was a good thing, but now that I'm a little older, I, what are you laughing about? Some of you are right there with me. I realize that life is not made up of the times we rush, it's the times we sit in the presence of the Lord and we just take in and we, we bask in his presence. My desire, as Pastor Daniel told us last week, our desire for Jesus must be stronger than our desire for things. Because things fade away, but Jesus never will. Our faith must be stronger than our fear. Trust in Jesus must be stronger than the mystery of tomorrow. And the call to fulfill the mission Jesus gave us must be stronger than the need to be right. Some of you are thinking, why does he pair some of those things? It's because that's what the Lord's laying on my heart. The need to fulfill the mission must be stronger than my need to be right. Does that make sense to anyone in this room? Okay, good. I'll move on. I may not know the, the future, but I can prepare for the person Jesus has called me to be. I can prepare for the, to be that person through several things we've talked about over and over and over this last year. I can become a worshiper. When I stand right there and I look and, and I watch these young people up on this platform and they're leading us in worship and I can lift up the holy name of Jesus, it does something to me. 
It reinvigorates, it inspires, it moves me to be that person who lifts up the name of Jesus. When I can hang with like-minded people and I can just sit and talk about the things of God. When I get on the phone with Pastor Taylor, Pastor Dan, or we're sitting at lunch and we're just talking about the, the cool stuff of what it means to be the church and following Jesus. I can get enthused by that. How about you? And if you don't have people like that in your life, you gotta find some because it's the coolest thing in all the world and it helps you keep the main thing the main thing. Live, living out the words of Jesus, even those that uh, don't satisfy my desire to be angry all the time. Friends, if there's one thing I could encourage you to do, if you want to keep the main thing the main thing, keep the joy of the Lord up and the anger down. Because there's going to be a lot of things probably this next year going to make you a little bit angry. And you got to push back against it in the joy of the Lord. Celebrate communion. We're going to do that today. And remember what God has done to become that person that keeps the main thing the main thing. We celebrate the, the sacrament of communion and we worship and we celebrate. We take moments in our lives to slow down and reflect on the goodness of the Lord. We ask ourselves, what would Jesus think? What would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? These are the things that help us keep the main thing the main thing and become and live in the life we're looking for. We become men and women who listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I was praying, I, I like to kneel uh, in our pre-service. I didn't do it today, we were praying in groups, but yesterday I just, the Holy Spirit just prompted me to say, to hear him say, Ray, stop talking so much and listen a little bit more. You know, it's a cliche and I hate cliches, but it is true, the Holy Spirit of God is still speaking. We're just not listening. The Spirit of God is still speaking, but we, we're listening to other voices. And, and you know, when I say that out loud, I feel so silly. What voice can speak into my life like the Holy Spirit? What human being has all the wealth, wisdom, and knowledge to have the... No, we listen to the Spirit and we're led by the Spirit of God. Then we can simplify our lives and serve others instead of reposting the latest foolishness. By now you understand there's something of being my bonnet about that. We can learn to live in the presence of the main thing who is Jesus. Now here's the thing. These habits, these disciplines help us Keep the main thing the main thing. Let me tell you why this is important. Because we all live on the edge of the danger zone. Uh, every one of us. Doesn't matter who you are. We all live on the edge of the danger zone. Now there are a lot of danger zones that we could talk about falling away. And getting caught up in idolatry. And getting caught up in foolishness. And, and, and letting the main thing not be the main thing. Because we've taken something else that to some people is just about the dumbest thing in the world. And we put that up there and we let that be the, the main thing. It's easy to fall into the danger. Some of you want to sing that Top Gun song right now, but hold off. <laughs> but we live on the edge of the danger zone. And the Lord laid on my heart for the church today, I want to talk about one specific part of the danger zone that I think we, the church, need to guard against in 2024. And it's the danger zone that I would call this. It's the danger zone of becoming like the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees were a bunch of, they were the leaders of, of Judaism. They were the leaders of the people. They were, they were the teachers of the law. They were very smart and intelligent men. I can say men in that context because no, no woman could be a Pharisee. Uh, and, and so Jesus, on more than one occasion, has something to say pretty harsh to them. Here's what he said. Now, I'm not even sure this is the toughest thing he said, but it's one of them. He said, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. 
You hypocrites. Well, that, that's pretty strong. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter while neglecting, without neglecting the former. You blind guides. That would hurt. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. I think Jesus gets a little humorous here at the end. You strain out a gnat, but you swallow the camel. Jesus criticized them because they focused more on the rules rather than, than in the text where it said justice, mercy, and faith. What, is mattered, what matters to the main thing? Justice and mercy and faith. They focused on the way things used to be without regard for the future of living as people of justice and of faith and of mercy. And he challenged them. Jesus always challenged the religious crowd first. Jesus always saved his harshest words for the religious crowd. He challenged them on their approach to life. He challenged them on their failure to walk in humility, their failure to walk in faith, their failure to walk in alignment with godly principles. And what's crazy about it is they knew the stuff. But the stuff no longer meant what it was supposed to mean. They had grown cold in their hearts. The main thing wasn't the main thing anymore. And is there not a lesson for you and I here this morning in this, this wonderful place we call, we call home? The religion, their religion had become hollow. It didn't flow from the heart. It wasn't from the right place. And my, my brothers and sisters, we run the same risk. When we don't keep the main thing the main thing, we run the risk especially in this social atmosphere of our religion becoming hollow, of our faith becoming hollow, of, of moving from a deep commitment to follow Jesus into what I call a, a negative religiosity. We fall into religiosity then rather into the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the danger zone. Let me make it clear. If we don't keep the main thing the main thing, we can become intolerant, dogmatic, judgmental, and rigid. Everyone's still awake? And I'm not even talking about the world. We're not even there yet. I'm talking about being intolerant of one another within the body of Christ. Intolerant because we don't just agree on every exact little thing. Dogmatic about a cause other than the cause of Jesus Christ. Judgmental and rigid that everyone else is wrong and we are right. I mean, let's be honest, I'm the only one who's always right. <laughs> or not. I went to a meeting a, a couple Sundays ago and uh, listened to a panel talk and explain their position on some stuff and I was impressed. I thought they did a great job. Then a, a, pa a couple of pastors got up and they spoke. I, I had to leave after the first pastor because I had to get home. I had a house full of grandkids and Mary wanted her, me to come and help. So uh, I, I, went, I, I was walking out with a friend of mine who was there and he was leaving as well. And again, the pastor did a, a beautiful biblical expository message, I thought, on what it means and, and all these things. But as, as I walked out, I, I, I came in contact with a, a person. I almost said a lady. Well, she was. It was a woman. And I'm not saying, I mean, it could have been anybody. So I don't want to get in hot water for this. But she, uh, she asked me, she asked me, have, has, how can I say this? Have you ever been asked a question that you knew the person didn't care what you had to say? Like their minds were already made up? Well, that's what I encountered. The minute I opened my mouth to give her my answer, she started shaking her head. 
started shaking her head. I'd have laughed too, but I, it had just made her matter. <laughs> started shaking her head. I mean, her entire body language changed. It was, it was, I mean, it was something. And my friend commented, not, not to her, didn't comment to her. We were afraid of her. <laughs> Back away slowly. <laughs> you know. But it, and no matter how much I tried, and then finally he stepped in and said, listen, we may disagree, but we can all be in unity because we're all in the body of Christ. We can, we can all walk in unity. But... Uh, the battle lines had been drawn and anyone who didn't agree with her was less spiritual, probably a sinner and worst of all, a liberal Christian. And the minute I walked away, I, in my heart I knew, well, we're pegged, me and this guy, because we didn't agree with how she saw the world. Uh, friends, here's my point. Listen closely because this, this is something to take into 2024. Uh, we, can hold we can hold to truth and not be a Pharisee. We can believe in truth and not be intolerant, judgmental, or dogmatic. If you want to be dogmatic for something, be dogmatic in the cause of Jesus Christ. If you want to be dogmatic, say, be, be passionate for Jesus. Lift up him because Jesus is the hope for the world. There is no hope for the world apart from Jesus. And I say that boldly and unequivocally today. There is no hope but Jesus. We can believe in truth and at the same time hold to grace. They're not, they're, not ex, they're not exclusive. In fact, I, I would suggest that, that truth and grace go side by side. They, they work together. We don't have to tear others down to uphold what we believe. If we lose sight of Jesus is the main thing, we're gonna fall into that trap. And I want something more. I think God wants something more from the church in 2024. I, I'm on a tangent here. I don't, personally, I don't wanna be part of a replay of what happened in 2020. I want the church to rise and I want the church to love each other so much. I've got this passion that says, if we could demonstrate to the world the grace and truth that is ours and walk in unity, we could actually win the world. They're waiting to see what the main thing is for us. They're waiting to see if we believe Jesus is the main thing. They're waiting to see if it's not about this issue and that issue. But the only issue we have is someone coming to know Jesus Christ and experience the fullness of life and knowing where they're going to spend eternity. That's the call of the church today. That's the call of us. You know, I got a friend, you, you all know me. We let him speak here once a year. His name's David, David Barnes. And he's a good friend of mine. We talk every week. David and I talk every week. Uh, in fact, he's gotten to where I know when he's gonna call me. He calls on Tuesday when he's about to make a dump run. He's gotta take stuff to the dump and so he calls me on his way there. So now I know, be ready on Tuesday about 2.30. Great, I'm the dump guy. And so, and, and we talk about everything. We talk about how the messages went and we talk about life. We talk about the situation we're dealing with right now and on and on it goes. Uh, but every, every so often, David will say something and I, I, I'll, uh, what? A couple weeks ago, he said something that I couldn't get my head around. I, I, I so strongly disagreed. And he knew I, I didn't see it the same way. Uh, I couldn't possibly. There's just no way. But you know what? When we get done talking with each other, when we close our conversation, we're about to hang up, you know what we say? Hey, I love you. I love you. Every time. I love you. Say, Ray, that's weird to say that to another guy. No, it's not. We're brothers. 
And I can tell my brother I love him. And he can tell me the same thing. Because it's not about the issue. It's that we're brothers in the main thing. We're brothers in Jesus Christ. And that's how the church needs to be. We can hold difference of opinion. That's all fine. But it's how we hold it. How about we hold loosely the issues and we hold tightly onto Jesus? Because Jesus is the main thing. Well, benefits of keeping the main thing real quickly. I'm getting more long-winded here. Benefits of keeping the main thing the main thing real real, real quickly. Here's some benefits of following Jesus. Things you already know, but I want to tell you about them anyway because I get a kick out of that. Uh, My friends, while out there in the world very few people can be trusted, I'm here today to tell you that Jesus can be trusted. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus, Mary alluded to this passage earlier, Jesus said not to worry. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. Live in this moment with the main thing. Jesus said, prioritize what matters most. Hello, everyone awake? Prioritize what matters most. And friends, sometimes we prioritize. I look around, I shake my head sometimes, because not just at me, but at others, when we prioritize stuff up here that should be down here. The only one who belongs up here is the mission and the cause of Jesus Christ. That's what we need to focus on. Jesus said this. He said, remember, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, be courageous and don't be afraid. Jesus said, love one another. Jesus said he would be with us no matter what. Jesus said, and this is a great one, he's coming back. These are the things that we fill our minds and our hearts with. It doesn't mean we don't live in the real world, but we take Jesus out into the real world when we go. And when we live in the real world, we don't listen to that one or to that one who's probably more full of himself than Jesus. We listen to the one who speaks deeply into our soul and reminds us that the real cause is not to win the argument, it's to win someone to Jesus. Because that's the mission of the church. That's the mission of the church. This is why Jesus is the main thing. Keeping the main thing the main thing is a love affair with Jesus. Worship doesn't start with the new worship song. It starts with on adoration of Jesus. Following Jesus happens when we realize that there's no one like Jesus, that he saved us, forgave us, and calls us to be his disciple. Honoring doesn't happen because some pastor tells us so. We honor others because that's the heart of Jesus. Being part of the family doesn't happen because we have to, but because we want to be part of the family. Celebration happens when we are overwhelmed with gratitude for what Jesus Christ has done for us. And our desire to slow down doesn't start with our schedule any more than, than uh, living a life of simplification starts with our checkbook or, or these things. It, it happens because we're in love with Jesus. It begins with hearing his voice. We can live in the mystery of tomorrow because we've been in the presence of the king. So here's, here's my closing thought, one of them. Here's my closing thought. Every so often, because Jesus is the main thing, this coming life we're leading out in the future here in the next few weeks. Are you ready? Here it is. Dare to jump out of the boat. I like the boat. It's safe. Yeah, but jump out of the boat anyway. Dare to be men and women who live life differently. I I triple dog dare you. I can say that. Christmas is coming. We're all going to watch that movie. We all know it. <laughs> Dare to live life differently. Keep the main thing the main thing. Say, but what happens if you fall? You're going to fall. That's the promise. You're going to fall. 
But what's the better promise? He will pull you up and he will take you back to the boat and he will stop the wind and we will declare as they did, truly, you are the son of God. You are the main thing. So we're gonna, we're gonna pause here. Hear what I'm about to say. The world, the world, our community, hungers to see if we truly believe Jesus is the main thing. They hunger for it. It's not so much what they believe, they're waiting to see what we believe. Because frankly, what they've seen up to now has been a lot of nonsense, a lot of anger, a lot of treating each other with disrespect. And, and, and I've been embarrassed as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ at the shenanigans of, of what's taken place in the name of Christianity. I, I, I hesitate to say this, but I'm gonna say it uh, just so we're all clear. And Mayor, I say it with you sitting there. Politics stops at the street. This house is about the main thing. And there's no give, there's no backup, there's no grace in that. As for this house, we will serve the Lord. And we will teach you, and we will teach ourselves how to do all the things that we're supposed to do out there. I'm not saying we're gonna hide in here. Let's go out and live life. Let's do it in the name of Jesus. Let this house be for Jesus, the main thing. We will keep the main thing, the main thing. As the ushers come, let's worship the Lord. Just remain seated as the ushers come. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to partner with us in sharing Jesus and helping people experience life change, you can support our mission by clicking the link in the description. If this message has impacted you, please subscribe and share. To learn more, visit wearecalvary.com. We'll see you back next week.